This week on Jesus Center Stage, we're trying to figure out if Elsie actually likes popcorn or if she thinks it's disgusting. And we discuss the importance of accountability. It's always cold in here. By the way, what were the storms that happened that were supposed to happen today? Uh, they're supposed to be here at 8 o'clock tonight. Oh. Yes. Okay. So we're not out of the woods yet. Well, I thought they were going to happen today, and I was so excited about ra- wearing my new raincoat, and then it yeah. rained all, like, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never seen anybody as uh, excited about a raincoat as you have been. I've never had one. In your whole life, you never had a raincoat? Not like that, no. What did you do when you had to go out in the rain? We had, like, like those jackets that are, like, fleece on the inside, and then, like, Slick on the outside. We used to call them windbreakers. I think that's from like the 80s or something. But they weren't really waterproof. Well, a I wind, mean. A windbreaker is oh, for wind. Oh, well, that's all I had. So you would still get wet. I never had like a raincoat like that one. They have a jacket, I mean a hood on it. Some of them did. Hmm. It's okay oh, though. I got to use my new one. That's so mm. cute. Well, how and did I it work? I even used the hood. How it was it, great. It was great? Yes. So it was worth the wait? I don't know, but yes, mm. I guess. <laughs> I mean, I have one now, so. <laughs> well, if it starts raining at uh, 8 tonight, you, I won't say a word if you want to put it on and go outside. Yeah, that's. I'm not that excited about it. No, you're not that excited about it. We'll save it for tomorrow. <laughs> that being one of your Christmas presents that you got, um, that you knew about, but. You couldn't have your hands on it yet, so... Yes, um, thanks to your mother. Yes, so we have we have crossed across... Uh, Is that, that a thing? Crawl, we have went, yeah, we have crossed across of Christmas. <laughs> it makes sense to me when I say it. We, we're, we went from one side of Christmas and we're now on the other side. It's a day, not a piece of water. Yes, exactly what I said. <laughs> um, and we survived it. Um, it was good. Got to see family and um, got to have lots of food and all those good things that people do at Christmas. And then, um, what was it, two two days? One day after, one day after Christmas, uh, we done something that we hardly ever, ever do, and that was go to the movies. Yes, it was really good, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went seeing a movie called American Underdog, which was the um, the life story of Kurt Warner and uh, the football player. And it was really good. Um, I, would, I would recommend it. Would you recommend it? Yes. I would also recommend the popcorn. Uh, um, no, I would recommend the hot dog. Because yeah. it was really good, and I never eat hot dogs, but it was a really good let hot me, dog. Let me just share something with our listeners. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, when when I say I want to go to the movies, and <laughs> we, we never have popcorn. Never. No, and, and I not, don't like popcorn. Yeah, yeah, you don't like it, and I'm not like Unless a huge sweet. fan of it. Was it sweet? I like but when popcorn. I go to the movies, I like to get It's like a little treat. You know, it's not something I'd want every week or nothing. But anyway, so I start talking about getting popcorn, and all I hear... Uh, is that popcorn's gross. And then when I get in line to get popcorn and I hear, 
I, all I can smell is that gross popcorn. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> so you get you a hot dog, and I get my bag of popcorn and a drink. And we go in the theater, and we start watching the movie, and you're over there finishing off your hot dog. I'm going through that bag of popcorn, and of course they give you so much more than what one person could even eat. And um, uh, about halfway through the movie, I needed to go refill our drinks, our, our drink. So I give you the bag of popcorn because I can't just set it down somewhere or tip over. I give you the bag of popcorn to hold for me while I'm gone, in which you remind, give me that look of this is nasty. I don't even want to hold it. And then I go get I the drink. I did not give you that look. Well, when I came back with the drink, (laughs) which it took me like over five minutes to fill that drink up because there's so many people in line out there. But anyways, after I refill the drink, I come back in, and as I'm coming up the steps, I look, and I see your mouth moving. And then when I get there, I see the the glistening of fresh butter on your fingertips and around (laughs) your lips. And then, so I don't say nothing. I just sit down. And over the next two minutes, <laughs> I see about five to ten handfuls of popcorn going in your mouth. Okay, I can explain <laughs> this, okay? Well, I wished you would. I can explain this. Okay, so every once in a while, I try things that I don't like to see if I have developed a taste for them, mm-hmm. okay? And while I still do not like popcorn, I do like butter, Okay, mm-hmm. and so every once in a while there would be like this piece of popcorn that had like extra butter flavor, and I'd be like, "Whoa, that's good!" And so then I'd eat a little bit more to try to find more butter. Mm. So that's what was happening. I oh, still see. don't like popcorn, but butter is really good. I like butter. <laughs> well, you don't like it. However, I'm I'm just going to go out on a limb and guess you eat at least fifty kernels of it. I don't know, but there wasn't <laughs> handfuls either. There were like two or three at a time. Mm-hmm. That's not a handful. Yes. And I like Anyways. butter. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, like when you eat Doritos, you know, and like especially like the the chili ones, the sp- the sweet chili ones, mm-hmm. you know, the purple bag, which is my favorite. When you eat those, and you're like, oh, it was so good. I wish it would just be just a little more flavor. Until you eat another one to get a little more flavor. It was like that. Because I like the butter. Mm. Okay. Moving on. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah. If you you enjoy movies, uh, that was a good movie. uh, Safe for the family. And uh, it really told a story of... um, of, uh, just not, Kurt not Warner's life up. and not giving up. Um, how he, him, and his wife stuck together uh, through some not so good times, um, and uh, now he just trusted in the Lord along the way. So it was a good movie. Enjoyed that, and then back to work um, that we've been doing this week. So here we are. Uh, this is episode fifty-one. We probably should have had some kind of big celebration and give away something on 50, 50 episodes. However, next week will be 52, which means we've done a year's worth. Is that going to happen in this year, or is it going to actually be January? No, it'll be January the, let's see, 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, like the 5th. That messes with my OCD. We should have two episodes. 
so that we can have 52 episodes in 2021. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think <laughs> it's a great idea. <laughs> Maybe we'll just otherwise we'll split it messes this, it up. We'll split this episode into two. Episodes. You're going to talk that much today? No, we're just going to make like two 20-minute episodes. <laughs> hey, at least it would be the right number. Any, whatever I can do to help your OCD. Thank you. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah. So uh, our topic today is going to be the importance of accountability. Um, it's something I think that is overlooked, not only in in, in our you know walk with Jesus and our Christian life, but I think I think we need accountability throughout all aspects of our lives, whether it be in our marriage, whether it be in at our jobs, whether it be, you know, just our our day to day lives. We time management. Time management. Yeah, uh, we need um, accountability um, to for encouragement. We need accountability to help reel us in sometimes when we mm-hmm. start the wrong direction. Um, so as as we dig into this, I know you've got some uh, ideas uh, and some Bible verses and stuff you want to share, but uh, but the accountability is not just um, you know meant to be a Christian uh, concept. However, is it's to me, I think it's it's critical um, to to our Christian growth and stuff because as people, we're flawed. And we're, you know, sinful, and we make mistakes, and n- not having someone to hold us accountable sometimes is it gives us free reign to to run off the tracks. I think it makes a, a lot of difference if we know someone is expecting something of us. Mm-hmm. Like that's why when you go on a diet program or an exercise program. There's al- it's always easier to follow through if you know someone is expecting you to do so. I've let a lot of people down on that one. <laughs> have you done it, though? <laughs> like, have you ever started one? What I'm saying is, and, and that goes with 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 just that idea, with the, the diet or the exercise stuff, whoever you start with, you have to continue to keep each other accountable, or you're mm-hmm. both going to fall off the wagon and never talk about it. Yeah. Like, it's just, you know, that's why accountability is so important. Things like AA, the reason they keep going to meetings is because accountability is what helps them stay clean. (coughs) Excuse me. It's my hot tea getting me. (laughs) Um, It's what helps them stay clean. Yeah. And that accountability, like you said, is not just a Christian thing, although it's very vital to to living a Christ-like life. But it extends to various parts of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, when I think of accountability, it's it's my mind has changed in regards to what that is because growing up, it was accountability. You are accountable to one person who is not accountable to anybody. Yeah, that's not how that works. Everyone should be accountable to someone, regardless of your title, your position, your authority. Inside church, outside church, family, it doesn't matter. Everyone should be accountable to someone. And to say, this might be unpopular, but to say I'm only accountable to God is a cop-out. Yeah. It is a cop-out because although you are definitely accountable to God, we are each accountable to God. To say that I don't have to answer to anyone else but God 
is saying, I don't want you to know what I'm up to. No, because every one of us will fail at answering to God correctly. True. Because what happens is, is in that case, you would be, you would at some point in time, you would answer to God the way you thought God wanted you to answer, mm-hmm. even though it's not what your actions showed, it's not what your, you know, your mouth yeah. spoke. But we we tend to create God to be okay with what we've done, which is why it's important to have accountability partners mm-hmm. who are saying, "Hey, you said this, or this is how this is what the Bible says." Yeah. And hold you to that standard because we can we are great at justifying ourselves for what we say, what we do, what choices we make. We are great at finding workarounds and justifying ourselves for something. But when there's somebody else who knows the standard that we claim to live by, who can call us out for stuff, Mm -hmm. then it makes us actually take take stock of things. Just a couple weeks ago, you looked at me. We were on the couch and talking about something. And you looked over at me and said, babe, I think you have an issue here. And called me out for something. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but what am I going to do about it? Mm -hmm. But that made me stop and and start focusing on that and and devoting that matter to prayer because you called me out for it. Yeah. And accountability is not... Uh, judgment and I think sometimes that's when people don't want an accountability partner you know to to put it in those terms Mm -hmm. it's because they they don't want somebody judging them they don't want to feel judged and and a a true compatibility or accountability partner is not your judge it is someone you know we kind of said this uh, we was talking about marriage one time uh, with the, that comment that a marriage is two people trying to help each other get to heaven. And and a crucial part of that is is holding each other accountable to godly standards. I think the key w- word with the accountability partner is the word partner. It goes both ways. Mm-hmm. And I know from personal experience, my hesitation to ever having an accountability partner was because my um exposure to a quote accountability partner was accountability judge they were not accountable to me if i said something they were they were not accountable back to me but i was accountable to them and that's not what accountability partner is it's it's a both it goes both ways if it works the way it's supposed to work Mm -hmm. it goes both ways yeah in the and there's (laughs) Oddly enough, there is there's account accountability in being an accountability partner, and and what I mean by that is, um, and I just I just had this conversation with with a, a gentleman not not a couple of weeks now, that well over a year ago, he came to me and and asked me if I would be an accountability partner for him because he felt at that point in his life that he didn't have, uh, you know, anyone there that was there to help him or, or to, you know, let him know when maybe he had, he had, you know, went the wrong direction. And, of course, I agreed to that. But just a couple of weeks ago, I had to talk with him and tell him that I really felt like I had kind of failed because on my end, 
and this is a two-way street, but on my end, there's been numerous times that I've felt like I'm like there wasn't something right. Maybe I maybe I overheard something or I seen an action that I thought that didn't portray, you know, a godly man that that I just kind of well, you know, put it off. Yeah. And 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 an it's accountability partner, sometimes. yeah. You you need you need to be able to do that and and I tell you a great thing and I heard this in the men's group that I'm in and I passed it on to this guy too. I said, you know, sometimes it does get uncomfortable. And and if you share a struggle with someone and, and you you know, you say, "Well, I'm struggling with these thoughts." And, you know, it can be uncomfortable to go up to someone each day or each week and say, um, hey, have you done this, this, or this, or have you done this? And instead of that, I said, you know, why not just, if, if I come to you and I say, hey, did you win yesterday? That's you know what good. I mean. That's good. I don't have to go in and ask you details. I don't have to, mm-hmm. to point out, hey, did you look at porn yesterday? Or, hey, did you drink yesterday? Or, I don't have to go into that. I just say, hey, did you win? yesterday because you're in a battle we're all mm-hmm. in a battle the devil is you know he's looking around trying to see who he may devour right and we're all facing that so hey did you win yesterday and if the answer is no then pray mm-hmm. you don't have to, you don't scold somebody you don't judge somebody you pray and and right. you know hope to pray for growth and uh that's really good so you know it's it's two ways there accountability uh, both ways uh, one verse that that kind of spoke to me and, and I, I guess you could say it's kind of convicting was uh, in Matthew chapter 12 and I'm going to try to read it I'm really fighting with these glasses because they won't go underneath my ear uh, yeah, headphones w- headphones yeah yeah I'm going to uh, get you one of those <laughs> that you just hold on your nose oh a monocle give me a monocle um, let me check Amazon all right, let's <laughs> let's stick on task here for now. I am. I was uh, Matthew uh, twelve and verse thirty six says, and these are words in red, so it's Jesus speaking. He says, "But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account for thereof in the day of judgment." And as I was looking today, and we was talking about accountability, I just thought it it says that everybody will give an account. For every idle word they speak on that day of judgment, and and wouldn't you rather me hold you accountable for that mm-hmm. right now, or I would rather you hold me accountable for something right now, than to wait until that day of judgment when I'm standing and before God, and then have to answer for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's the importance of accountability mm-hmm. is if if nobody's there to check me, then I'm just going to keep I'm doing what own, I think I'm is my, right. Yeah, or, I'm my own judge. Yeah. But at some point, I'm going to answer to the Almighty. Mm-hmm. And I would I would really appreciate someone having said, hey, you probably don't notice this because you're, you're you know, yeah. you're just, it's you've really gone. It's really hard to see yourself. Yeah, it's, it's just become part of your normal routine. Mm-hmm. But this is what I see. And I would rather answer to that person than I would have to answer on that day of judgment. What you got for us? Uh, When we first started talking about this topic of accountability, one of the first verses that came to mind was uh, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12, and it says, Therefore let the one who thinks he stands firm 
immune to temptation, being overconfident and self-righteous, take care that he does not fall into sin and condemnation. To me, that is a huge, huge red flag. Accountability, accountability, accountability. Because when you think you don't need someone, Mm -hmm. beware. Red flags popping up everywhere. When you think you can handle this walk, when you think you can face temptation and be okay, when you think you are, you don't have to have someone who you are accountable to, that you're okay on your own, then trouble is around the bend. Yeah. And that's that's one of the first verses, I guess, that come to mind when, when I think about accountability is because it... It, it's not comfortable. It's not comfortable to go to somebody and say, hey, I'm struggling. Will you keep me accountable? Because you're admitting a weakness. You're exposing a part mm-hmm. of your life that you'd probably rather not expose. It's not a comfortable thing. But the alternative is falling. Yeah. Because when when you think you're good, when you think you've got it all together, and you're not willing to show that humility and show that vulnerability to someone then the alternative is falling like you're falling away falling into temptation falling into sin the struggle gets harder because Mm -hmm. you're you're trying to do it by yourself yeah you're using your own um your own standards and the thing is what happens and i'm not saying bend our standards very well is there's things i know maybe i shouldn't do but in my mind, my situation at that moment, I say, you know, well, I've, I've, because of this is happening, I, this, this is why, and I have an excuse why I've done it. However, that's my excuse. It's very subjective. Yeah, Your, because our view of ourselves and our own actions are very subjective. Yeah, because I could have been very wrong mm-hmm. in the reason why I thought it was okay for me to say this or do this or whatever. Uh, but you you brought to mind um, a little saying that I seen um, a few weeks ago on Facebook that said, if you say, I don't go to church, or I don't need to go to church, I'll just study the Bible for myself, is proof that you don't study the Bible for yourself. Because <laughs> if, if you study it and, and, and understand it, then you would know that you need to go to church. Um, and that being, that's another thing. People say, well, why do I have to go to a church? Or why do I need to, you know, to get up and do this, uh, you know, every Sunday morning or those kinds of things. And it's not so much about going to a building. It's not so much, uh, you know, just trying to do a tradition or whatever. But the thing is, that is another place. Yes, that's another place to find accountability, mm-hmm. because if if you go in, and and you're you're veering off track or you're doing something that's just not godly, that those are the people you need to be around. And and yeah, mm-hmm. I know there's churches that that have people in them that are, are judgmental and not you know accountability people, but you just need to find those people in your church that that you're comfortable with and stuff. So. But yeah, I thought of that as you were saying that. An- another verse or a couple verses uh, in Galatians chapter 6 there that I think kind of speak to that accountability is, is uh, chapter 6 starting in verse 1. It says, 
Brethren, if a man be overtaken in fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. It goes on to say, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think of himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let not every man prove his own work, and then shall be, um, shall he have rejoicing within himself alone and not in another. But uh, as, as we, I was reading that, it, you know, it, it says to, if you see a man being overtaken in fault, if you're the one who is spiritual, if you're the, his accountability partner, if you're mm-hmm. his, his brother in, in church, if you're, you know, his, uh, his wife, you know her husband then then go to him but i I think i wish i had a different version up here this is the king james but there it says considering thyself lest thou also be tempted and the way i've always understood that to to translate is if you see a brother in fault go to him but don't think that don't be judgmental of him don't think that you could never be fall to the fall to that same thing and therefore have compassion for him and and have mercy for him and have grace for him and help to lead him back not saying you know i can't believe you done that i would never do that because as soon as we start thinking that way we open ourselves up to fall and i think that's what that verse is saying i think one of the key key words in that verse is restore Mm -hmm. if you're focusing on restoration that's bringing something back to its original state, yeah. bringing something back to where it was. So if you focus on uh, my job as a Christian is to restore them, not judge them, not fix them, not just pull them back in close where they were. Yeah. Just that's, that's all. You're not responsible to grow them. You're not responsible to fix them. You're responsible to pull them back, remind them, of where they were in their walk with with Jesus, pull them back to that place, restore them, and in in a spirit of gentleness and humility and meekness. Yeah, yeah, and, and that I think that to me the the most powerful word in that verse is restore. Yeah, it's, and it says, "Bear ye one another's burdens, so that you fulfill the law of Christ." And and that's that's that compassion, and that's that you know that merciful heart that's not non-judgmental mm-hmm. is you know you're struggling with this i've seen it let me come alongside you and help you, help you to carry, carry it, it. Mm-hmm. and that and fulfill the law of christ and and you know i haven't done a deep study on that but that law of christ is to to love one another it is and, and amplified and it you, says the law of christian love and it references john thirteen thirty four, which i think may be hang on let me just turn yeah, over there, there there there's uh you know the law the all the commandments are broken down into two uh, when jesus says to love the lord your god with all your heart soul and your mind and then to love one another yes this is i'm giving you a new commandment that you love one another just as i have loved you so you are to love one another yeah so when when we do that that is that's as far from judging as you can get let me add to that verse 35 by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love and unselfish concern for one another mm-hmm. so by you restoring somebody in the spirit of meekness 
by you looking out for someone, by you being accountable with and to someone, you are showing love and unselfish concern. You are showing that you are a disciple of Christ. It's yeah. like a full circle there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, I, I feel like, Many many podcasts ago, we we done some. We had a conversation on transparency, but I think that's that's what we're seeing here. Is we need to live that that life of transparency mm-hmm. and not not trying to do our own thing and to support our own selves, but not to be afraid to let other people see our struggles. Uh, and not to be afraid to, you know, to help other people when they have strokes. Because, I mean, we, we're, we're Christians. We go to church. We do this podcast. We, you know, try our best to, to live godly lives. But both of us at times need someone to hold us accountable. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that goes for every, everyone, you know, like right. as we started this isn't just a Christian concept, but we're talking about the Christian side of it. When it when that verse 3 that says, if anyone thinks he is something, mm-hmm. like that that phrase that people use, oh, you think you're something, don't you? <laughs> like it just, every time I hear that verse, it just makes me think of that. Like, oh, so you think you sound special, right? You think you're all that in a bag of chips is what some people would say. Yeah. Like that you think you're, you know, you think you've got it all together. You think you're special. That's, mm-hmm. that's one that people in the South say all the time. You think yeah. you're special. And he's like, if anyone thinks you're special, uh, you're not. And <laughs> Pop yeah, that bubble says, real quick. <laughs> yeah, because if, if, if you kept going in that verse there, it says when he is actually nothing. Yes, exactly. Yeah, he deceives in, in himself. The it, in the Amplified, it says when in fact. Yeah. He has nothing. So like, <laughs> let me just go ahead and like pop this bubble for you. Yeah. I just I know that's a little bit off topic, but it just like it just makes me laugh every mm-hmm. time. Like, oh, so you think you're something? Well, let me just tell you, you're not. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's one of those places that Paul's attitude is showing. <laughs> it's showing out. One <laughs> um, another another verse on the on the accountability is James chapter five verse sixteen that says, "Therefore confess your sins to one another, your false steps, your offenses, and pray for one another that you may be healed and restored." The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. That, like, it it says sins, and then it it, it amplifies. It, it goes on to yeah. say false steps or offenses. So this may not be a, a an intentional sin. Mm-hmm. That if you've gotten offended at somebody, you've gotten angry at somebody, you have struggled with having ill will towards somebody, you've struggled with jealousy. These, these, you've made the wrong decision. You, you misspoke in a situation, and now you like maybe you misspoke in a situation. You won't ever see that person again. Mm-hmm. But any of those, those false steps, those missteps, those offenses, confessed to someone. That's yeah. part of the accountability. Is saying, "Hey, I'm struggling in this area. I'm confessing this to you, so that you can hold me accountable." And then it says that you may, and it says pray for one another. That's a very important part of accountability as pray for one another. And then it says that you may be healed and restored. There's that word restore again. Yeah. The, the, the purpose of accountability is to restore. Mm-hmm. Pray and restore. Pray and restore. There's no judgment in that. There's no self-right. There's no room for self-righteousness in that. 
Because as we just read, if you think you're something special, you're, you're not. not. That's right. <laughs> um, and then further in that chapter, in verses 19 and 20, it says, My brothers and sisters, if anyone among you strays from the truth and falls into error, and another one turns him back to God, let the latter one know that the one who has turned a sinner from the error of his way will save that one's soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. That that covering a multitude of sins, if you see somebody going astray, like you read in Galatians, and you mm-hmm. restore them, you're not going around broadcasting what you pulled them out of. Yeah. You're exactly. covering that up. And where is it that says love covers a multitude of sins? Or is that just a phrase? No, it's there. Where is it at? Um, I just had a moment. Is that really in the Bible? Yeah. Is it not in Corinthians I- in that 13th verse, the the love chapter? Hang on. Um, yeah. And why, no, why it's in First Peter. First Peter. Yeah, it's just one book over. Hang on. Four, eight. Yes. Above all, have fervent and unfailing love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. Yeah. And and you look from, from a Christian brother and sister standpoint that this is something the Bible tells us to do. Mm-hmm. So if we, it goes back to that verse that you said has been driven into your brain <laughs> since you was little, but... The Bible tells us to do it. Therefore, if we know to do it and don't do it, it is sin. Th- it is sin. Yeah. And so, and you this know, is of much more consequence than walking past trash. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I said, I do think it's something that's got to be um, maybe learned uh, as far as how to approach it. Yes, because it is. because the 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 our our human instinct is to go up and point fingers. And it is also on the other, on the flip side of that. It is also human instinct to hide when we mm-hmm. have done wrong. Yeah. To pull away from from Adam and Eve in the garden. As soon as they sin, they're covering them, covering it up and hiding. Yeah. Like it, it's just nature. If you do something, you don't want people to know about it. Mm-hmm. You don't want to expose it, and you don't want to be exposed. Yeah. And if you're wanting to hold someone accountable in in a Christian way, um, of course it says loving. You know, to love you, your neighbor. To love your brother but if you want to hold someone accountable in a christian way i think too you need to go in there with that mindset um and and the remembrance of that of the verses where jesus where where the the religious leaders brought the woman uh-huh. and and he said which one of you is without sin uh-huh. cast the first stone yep. if 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 i see a brother or sister that is in as as a, the bible says here is in fault is is you know, drifting away or, you know, whatever it may be, if I go to them with that thought of, I am a sinner too. Mm-hmm. I'm not without sin. I can't cast a stone at them right now. So right. my best bet is to go to them with humbleness and say, look, I know I'm flawed. I know I've got issues. I know you could probably turn back to me and say, you could do better at this right here. But I'm here right now in love and, you know, in mercy and grace to share with you what I see in your life. I think, too, we we need to remember how, like I said, on the flip side, how we feel when we've done something wrong, that we don't want to be called out. We don't want to be exposed. Mm-hmm. We need to approach that other person with that same, like, we know how it feels. Yeah. I know how it feels to be on your side of the struggle mm-hmm. because I've been there. And if we approach with that gentleness, 
because that's how we would want someone to approach us. Yeah. With with that gentleness, with that kindness, with that concern for someone. I think that makes a lot of difference. And, Absolutely. and like you said, it is a process on both sides, whether you're trying to hold someone accountable or whether you're opening yourself up to someone to be accountable mm-hmm. to them. It's a process. Yeah. And you it's something you have to learn because it, it it's difficult and it's uncomfortable either way. It is. And I think, you know, with, with myself, if if I do something that I shouldn't have done and I'm very well aware of it and then someone comes at me not in love mm-hmm. but comes pointing a finger and saying mm-hmm. you you shouldn't have done this my my first thing even though as I said just said I know good and well I did and I right. know it was wrong my first instinct is to be defensive right because of the way they approach yeah and but I if think someone s- comes to me and they're humble and I see that they're genuinely concerned for me from a spiritual standpoint as mm-hmm. as I said at some point in time I'm going to answer on the day of judgment and I right. see if they're coming at me saying hey brother I would rather you deal with this now then yeah. then I'm not defensive anymore I think to approaching someone with with just the two of you like if you go to a brother in Christ mm-hmm. and you you speak quietly to him that that also helps to convey your approach as I'm yeah. not trying to call you out. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm not trying to point fingers because I have seen it done in a public way. Yeah. And that's that's not that's not it. That's no, not nobody, what we're talking about. Yeah, nobody wants to deal with that. And and I do say you just brought a, a story and I'll I'll share this as we close, but um you do use discernment. And the reason I say that is, you know, we we go to the homeless mission once a month, and and years ago, there was a gentleman at the homeless mission that uh, asked me if I if he could uh, contact me about some spiritual things and stuff. So I give him my number. Well, it wasn't very long. He contacted me and wanted to know would I come and meet him outside the mission that he needed to talk with me about some stuff. Well, something about that situation just told me. I needed a witness. Mm-hmm. I needed somebody there, even though I was going there to hope, you know, to share Jesus or whatever. Um, and so I got I got another uh, gentleman to go with me, another Christian man, and we rode over. And here come the guy out. And when he seen that I had someone with me, he was very irritated. And he got in the car, and we was going to talk about his spiritual struggles and this and that. And uh, and he was just very um he didn't have he didn't have intentions of speaking the spiritual what he had called me for that day was he wanted stuff mm-hmm. and, and and it finally came out he finally said well what i what i actually wanted was i need this this and this and this and i need you to go buy it for me that's all he wanted yeah that's but, not what this yeah. is for <laughs> so that's when when you when you you do uh, you know won't not not make it public but uh, that and that's a very rare situation but uh, no, it just came to my I'm mind saying. when you said that if it's that. just you or one other person yeah like but but gathering two three four five like th- now you're getting out of hand yeah and like you, that's when i'm like now you're starting to look like is, those those religious people that brought the woman yes <laughs> yes now you're looking like you're ganging up on them yeah 
um, there is a, an importance of having a witness, and that's mm-hmm. a whole other topic for a whole other day. Yeah. But you can have a witness of just one other person. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's what I say. It you you don't make a when you hold somebody accountable, you don't go make a public show of it. Mm-hmm. That's like you said, yeah. the religious leaders bringing the woman to Jesus. And, and and inside of our homes with our our spouses and our children, but especially our spouses, I think. You kind of mentioned it as we very first got started. You can be an accountability partner without ever speaking these words, speaking words, because what you said is when we know someone else is depending on us to mm-hmm. to live a certain kind of way, then that's my accountability. Mm-hmm. And you know, me and you, we I think we do very well at that because we're open and we're honest. But there's a lot of things that I I know that if I done it, you would be disappointed, and because mm-hmm. you have a you have a level of expectation that I'm going to, you know, live a certain way uh, according to right. God's word, and I do too, and so I encourage all of our our married listeners to to develop that culture and and you know, work at it. Um, it's not something it's that has not, to be confrontational. It can just be. If it's not something though that you have discussed ever, mm-hmm. then sit down and and share your expectations, your spiritual expectations for yourself and your spouse. Yeah, and so it's that, okay to say I want you to hold me accountable. Right, like this, I expect this of myself, but I'm struggling in it. Mm-hmm. So I'm telling you, I expect it, so that you can expect it, so yeah. that when I struggle with that, I can think. If I do this, I'm not just letting myself down, but I'm letting him down or I'm letting her down. Yeah. And that helps. It really does. Just try it, y'all. Just, just try it. Just try it. <laughs> <laughs> and continue trying to keep Jesus center stage in your life. 